0: Powered by passion, it's National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with your host, National Fixed Operations Training Manager, Corey Smith. Welcome to Fixed Ops 5. I'm your host, Corey Smith, National Fixed Operations Training Manager with National Auto Care. Today, I'm being joined by Robert Chabardeau. Robert, welcome to Fixed Ops 5.
1: Thanks, Corey. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah. Why don't you give our audience um, your job title and what you do now and what got you to this point in your career?
1: Well, this will, I'll try and crunch a lot of stuff into a little bit of time. You know, I've been, I've been doing this for over 40 years. I uh, started out as a tire batter installer in a Sears store after I got out of the service and was going to school and working, became a technician a couple of years. spent seven years doing turnaround stores and opening new stores. Left them, ran Montgomery Ward, 64 stores from Bakersfield to Anchorage, Alaska. Went to the corporate office a year and a half later as technical training director, then marketing director, operations manager. And then over all of those for a total of eight years. And then I decided to leave them about five years before they went bankrupt and opened a consulting company working with dealerships before they really started marketing and selling to customers. So. Wow. So that's it. And now what I do is I have a consulting company. I'm also the founder of Gearhead Training, a company that was established a couple of years ago to, to uh, customers I had clients said that I needed to get my training out to more people, you know, and selfishly I didn't need to, but then COVID came around and I go, okay, now's the time. <laughs> and, and I'm also partners in Stops Marketing with Russell Hill and some other great partners. And um, that's kind of where I'm at today.
0: Wow. What a, what a, what an amazing story. I mean, 40 plus years, the knowledge that you have, I mean, you must wake up in the middle of the night going, Oh, I could talk about that. Oh
1: yeah. You know, with with building gearhead training, I did wake up and still do in the middle of the night going, okay, we got to do this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So this episode is right in your wheelhouse uh, should training be a year-round requirement at the dealership, right? Um, so let's just jump right into it. What time of training uh, should each employee do, right? What, 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 kind, what kind
1: should they do? Well, in, in, in mine, there's a couple of different types. One is the culture, you know, because I think it's important to build a culture of training. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do that and you don't get everybody opened up to getting better, and training as a way to do that, then you're going to have trouble. Then once you do, the the type of training has, has kind of changed over the years. You know, there was book learning and take tests, you know, and the book learning was kind of generalized, you know, and today the most effective training is what's relevant to your job. You know, how do you do those things? Yes. Things like, you know, how do you listen? You know, what do people like to hear? You know, how how to greet and how to connect, those are important, but how do you use those in your job, the processes, you know, so that everybody, so a customer in, in our business, you know, gets a, a very much anytime they come in, they get a consistent performance from the write-up, you know, the phone calls coming in from the write-up, you know, to the multi-point inspection you know, and the presentation of that, the updates to the customer and the processes we use for that. And then also the act of delivery when the job's done so that we have a little uh, chance to let the customer evaluate us in person and make sure we cover everything. And don't just assume because they said do it, that they're going to know that we did it. And, you know, and and make sure we ask for that business to come back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, you you strike a good point here because, I mean, you and I both travel and we go to a lot of restaurants that we're familiar with because we know what we're going to expect, right? We go to a Longhorn because we know what we're going to expect, or we shop at a Walmart because we know what we're going to expect. And training your employees, whether it's sales, service, F&I, to get the same message no matter who they talk to. And if you have multiple stores, you want to make sure that your core values and your training... Reflect that, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So making sure that the employee gets supported by the staff and getting that training to go along with that support is crucial for them to stick around at your dealership because you hired them for a reason. Now, I don't know about you, but when I started in the car business, it was there's your computer, there's your phone, those are your technicians. Good luck,
1: right? That was the training. Well, same here, except there was no computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave the
0: old joke on that one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that that was it. And there was a lot of, for me, there was a lot of anxiety to go along with it because I, I didn't know how to break things. Fixing them is not my thing. Um, I love cars, right? But I came from an industry where I was a salesperson selling uh, mid to high-end audio and video, right? So I... I didn't know the process. We didn't have anything written down. So when you talk about having a process in my mind, if it's not written down, it's not really a process, right? So you have to have that playbook written down.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and similar to me, I got out of the service and um, went to work at a factory in Detroit for a short while and decided, okay, I'm not doing that. You know, that was not for me, you know, in, in the service, luckily you know, I was trained, and then I go, oh, I was trained to build bombs, rockets, and missiles in Vietnam, you know, and load them on planes. Okay, that's not going to do me much good. You know, so like you, started at places, and there's no training. If you can't figure out how to get it done and decipher, you know, somebody t- who says, you do it this way, one of the techs that you're working with, are helping. And the other one goes, that, that's not the way to do it. You do it this way. And you've you got to sort through that stuff when if you have a process that you can follow, you learn a lot faster and consistency is there.
0: Yeah, and you don't wanna be practicing on your customers because that will make them defect, right? Because we wanna try to retain that customer. (laughs) Absolutely. So how does the leadership know if the sales staff or service advisor F&I team are really getting anything from the training that they're supposed to be learning?
1: Well, first of all, one of the things that, that cannot happen is that the leadership send somebody to training and they don't know what they're trained on, what, what's happening, not going through it, not at least getting a full view of what's going to be covered with them. So they agree with it and don't come back to the sore, you know, and you send one guy cause you can't send everybody at one time and you send them back and he's doing some stuff. Go. What, what are you doing? You know, well, that's what they told me. That the, what, don't do that. That's not how we do it. <laughs> so right. bit, being involved and also now they can see, which is the really important step, is to listen and watch and see, are they doing the things that they learned or do they still need more work on that?
0: Yeah, because the one thing that you don't want really is you, you, do, you don't want um, to have your employee go, like you said, and come, up, come back with all these ideas and get all excited and for you to burst their bubble saying, I don't really want you to do it that way, okay. right? Uh, that's 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 key. Yeah, so I, I like that point. And how does leadership really hold their empl- their employees accountable to the training? Right. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with with you know that first question I just asked you. Right. So how do they hold them accountable?
1: Well, one of the ways is is you have to have a good plan. You know, training isn't just okay. Let's do training. You know, it's training. What are you going to train on? What's your plan? What's the strategy? When are you going to get to? You know how are you going to do it? What are you going to train on? Are you going to train on five things and then start role playing and working on them as they go down the line? What's your plan and what's the time frame? Because it's got to be tracked and it has to have accountability to make sure everybody's gone through it. It's like one of those things. Okay, we're going to train those guys on it, and then somebody two weeks later goes, "Hey, how are the guys doing on that? Did they get through this?" And they go, "Yeah, oh, oh, you know what? We're going to start on that today." you know, wait a minute. But if you didn't have, if it wasn't to be done at a certain length of time and decided, how's it going to be done? Are you going to be doing, if you got five advisors, are you going to be doing two at lunchtime, two days a week? You know, are you going to be doing it after work? Are you going to be doing it before work? You know, have your plan put together so everybody understands and expects something to happen. You have a much better chance of it happening. So
0: it has to be time-bound right? Yes. Is what you're saying. Okay. I I like that. And if I understand you correctly, it's, it needs to be a step-by-step, you know, training. We're going to do this for this length of time. Right. And then if they graduate this training, they move on to the next one.
1: Well, that, that's kind of selective. When I do the video and gearhead training, I put them through nine hours of video training that covers the six critical areas of touches with, with the customer, you know, from the time somebody answers the phone. Cause even if you have a BDC, you know, there's two types of calls that come in, either they're coming in for maintenance or they're coming in for a diagnostic cause they have an issue on their car. So we, we should be ready for those. So I think given that base training through there is good and let them start trying to use that, then go pick the things that are the most important to you, like for example, anything that we train on, not just hearing it and seeing it. There's goals related to that, you know. that's measurable. You know, if you if you're good on presenting multi-point inspections and doing a good job, it is reasonable to expect 50 percent. The national average is, according to the multi-point inspection companies out there, is somewhere between 25 and 30 okay. percent. So, so if if that's a, a point for you that you're at 25%, and by everybody getting 10% pickup gives you 80000 dollars more a month, which one are you gonna attack? So it's it's gotta be flexible enough to meet, or you know that customers were terrible at write-up, then where's your focus gonna be? Right. You know, and if you're expressed, you know, because we usually have two areas, you know, whether it's combined advisor or separate advisors for each of the areas. The, what the customer gets should be consistent. You know, if everybody writes everything, the emphasis when it comes to maintenance should be that process just like an express writer would have, where the focus is on maintaining maintenance on the car. So deciding what area that you do in those is kind of up to you, but you're setting time frames and you're setting role plays. And if those time frames aren't met, that's why it's got to be tracked because you're going, okay, what's your escalation? you know, if they're supposed to be done at a certain time and say you're a big store and you have a drive manager that's going to make that happen, you need to get some alerts, you know, and that's why why I built that into our training, that when somebody has a deadline and they don't make it, they get a reminder. And if it's a day, if you said, okay, two days later, I want my drive manager and him to get that reminder. And then if that still doesn't happen, As the parts and service director, I want that reminder going to me. And if it still doesn't happen, then I want it going to the GM. And we know it's not going to go to the
0: GM. Right.
1: So by having accountability and a tracking system to make sure that we're making it happen. And then you make adjustments. If we are unrealistic in how many role plays they should do or how they do them, then you adjust that. But the training should be all the time going on. And if some of it is in the store, some of it's video, you know, whatever gets the job done, then it's a good training. You will get you'll never get to the end <laughs> because after you go through all of those things then you go, OK, you know what? Let's talk about all those different maintenance services that we present. Then how do we get customers to talk about maintenance when they come in and say, I need an oil change and a tire rotation? Well, if you go, okay, uh, let me get you started. Well, you just said, I'm going to do an oil change and a tire rotation for you. And you don't even know anything about them because the chances are you never rode them up before and don't know anything about their car or their expectations for that car to last. Maybe it's three years old and has 50,000 miles. And in their mind, they know these cars will go 200,000 and that's what they're expecting. Well, Not if they treat it like it's driving under normal conditions and only do oil changes and change it to filters. So that's why we connect and talk to them. But we have to learn those things so that everything that we're skilled in that we need to communicate needs to be 45 to 60 seconds so that we're very concise and getting our point across for the customer. Learning how to speak differently for the customer. Not tech said, here's your options and then tell them what those are, you know, so that they feel like you're helping them get to where they want to with their car.
0: I really like that. And, and I know we're just, we're coming out of COVID, right? So when COVID first hit, there was a lot of dealerships that were laying off service advisors or sales staff and all that stuff. Now we're kind of getting that upward swing where we're as a dealership, they're hiring more people. Are you finding in the, in the marketplace that, service advisors, especially are new to the industry and don't know much about the business that are coming into these dealerships?
1: A, a lot of them are. And, and I think that's a, I think that's a good because when you're getting somebody and you start the training, but if you don't have the training for them and you're going, okay, you're going to watch John this week, and then you're going to start writing next week, you no. know, then what happens is, you know, because when they come in, we have to give them some kind of guarantee of a certain income they're going to make while they're training. Well, then what happens is, you know, it was like a joke, you know, that, okay, when you interview somebody that's been a writer, but they're relatively new in it, you, you want to know how many stores have you been to? They've been doing it for over a year now, and they've been through three stores. Well, why oh, is that? Because is that? Because 90-day guarantee. And then they're not making enough, but they're still not trained yet, so they leave and go someplace else. Yeah, just uh-huh. train the person, put them on a plan. And if it takes you six months or nine months to get them up to speed, it's still much cheaper if you have the right person. And you can decide that in 30 days if they follow your plans. They're probably a keeper, you know, and if they are, let's stay on a training plan and get them where they need to be. But the training should never end. It never ends up front on the, on the sales floor. They do no. role plays. They, they do it every day. You know, in service we go. It's hard, you know, because we open the door and we're working. Yeah. You know, so if you can do video training and you can set role plays, you can carve a time out to do a walk around video tape. You know, to be reviewed by somebody else to see are you accomplishing the things that you were told in your plan, five things or whatever it is during that walk around to connect with the customer and give them a consistent experience.
0: I really like that um, because you're right. And When sales opens its door, they don't have a long line of people waiting to buy cars. But before you even open the service drive, you could probably have seven cars with people in them and probably four or five night drops if it's a busy service center.
1: Oh, without a doubt. And even if you don't have the traffic, you know, every service department sixty percent sixty percent of their customers are more. Once they're out of warranty, don't come to the dealer anymore because wow. they they didn't connect. And and you know that's that's that sounds horrible, but really industry wide, if you do surveys done by AAA and, and a bunch of other companies show that less than twenty percent actually have that place when you ask them where would you take your car? They go, oh, i take my car to John. I mean, he knows exactly what to do. You know, I would never go to anybody else. So that means in your database, in your store, you can reactivate those customers. But when they come in, you you better be trying to connect with them and win some of them back so that you grow that business. Because, you know, really, if you've been in business like eight years, 10 years as a dealership, you probably should have expanded your shop two or three times already Mm -hmm. if you retained those customers. So it's, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing to get done, but with a plan and a way to get it done and the accountability, you got a much better chance of getting it done.
0: Yeah, no, I like those. Those are great points. So should the training be done at the dealership or away from the dealership? That is the big question.
1: (laughs) You know, and and that's a very one a tough one to answer. If you're, you know, I I work with a one Toyota store and they've got 22 riders. Okay, you can do away from the store with two guys in the middle during the week. Oh yeah. Okay, you have you have three riders, and you send one of them away. What happens now? chaos (laughs) yeah so it i think a lot of it depends i prefer a a combination if you can have it Mm -hmm. you know the uh what what i'm trying to do with gearhead though is give a base nine hours of the critical areas that can be done without anybody there and then you know either do it through doing role plays that uh, we have people that grade the role plays and give them back to you and score and coach online Mm -hmm. you know or have somebody come in once a month and and videotape those role plays of everybody and then get them scored and turned back in. I, you know, I've studied this a lot because it was easy for me. You know, I go into a store, I work with the guys, kind of that base, get them down, always upgrading to whatever new equipment they're using and geared towards theirs. And then I come back every month, a couple of times a month. And when I come in, I'm going back to that exact same stuff. I'm watching them do standing back, listening to the walk around, scoring it on the on a sheet, you know, that said, okay, you're, you know, now after lunch, you and I are going to go over that. And I like take that. a half hour and go over it and say, okay, let's try this.
0: I like that a lot. Those are, those are great, great points. So we're almost on a, you know, on a time crunch here, but I, before we end uh, this episode, I really want to get your three takeaways from this episode in your mind that a service advisor, an agent, someone in the leadership of the dealership can really take away from this episode.
1: Build a culture of training. Start today that, you, that everybody should be getting better. You know, there, I, I worked for a guy, Red McCombs, who owned several uh, national teams, basketball and football. And so I, I had the opportunity to talk to him a lot and I'd always ask him, what are the best guys? What do they do? And he goes, they're never good enough. He goes, in their mind, they're they're never good enough. And he goes, and when they are good enough, that's when they start to decline. He said, the very best, you know, players in the world, that's how they are. So not everybody you know, has that and not everybody's going to get a $10 million contract to write service, <laughs> right. but we, we should be trying to get better at what we do because we should be the experts in it. So if we get, just get to a certain level and the service advisor job can become very complacent. So it's the job of leadership to make sure our, that our culture is that we're going to get better and we're always investing in our people to get better whether it's incentives to do training, whether it's, you know, award badges when they reach different levels, you know, something to to give them the incentive to continue to get better. And then it becomes like a culture. You know, when I started out in the business, you know, I I took the easy route on everything. There were some things that I was very good at. That's what I did. You know, if I wasn't good at it, I just didn't do it. You know, and then later I found out if I was going to go anywhere in this world, you know, I had to learn to get good at what I was doing and then I would get the next step and then I had to learn that and then I had to learn that, you know, but then pretty soon you, you know, that's what you want. You crave that, you know, you get ready for work, you get ready to show up, you know, just like, did you do any preparation to think about our webinar today?
0: I did a lot of preparation for a webinar today.
1: <laughs> hey, I, and I can talk about this stuff, but I did too. You know, I, I, I looked at the questions that we're going to talk about and I go, you know, these are easy ones for me, but I thought about our time frame and what are we going to do and what would the message that I got out, well, one of them would be build that culture for training, make sure that you you actually execute it yeah. <laughs> and then live the award the awards and rewards that you get from it.
0: I love that, Robert, love it. Uh, If you wanna deliver a legendary customer experience that keeps the customer coming back to you and encourages them to invite their friends, their family into your establishment, then you've caught the gold standard customer service vision. Do you want a more cohesive team that delivers a higher level of customer service that will result in more revenue for your dealership? We provide the tools, knowledge, training needed to unlock that potential of your dealership. For more information on this topic and others, or to submit a question, or to be a guest on the show, feel free to send me an email, csmith at nationalautocare.com. Robert, that is all the time that we have for today. I wanna thank you for being a part of this episode, and I'll end with this very last question like I ask every guest. Will you please come back?
1: Absolutely. And I've enjoyed this very much, I appreciate it.
0: Me too, have a great week.
1: All right, thanks. Thank you for watching and listening to National Auto Care's Fixed Ops
0: 5 with Corey Smith powered by passion be sure to watch and listen to the next episode on the 5th and 20th of every month